Welcome to Living Inside Out Today with host Joy Ross. Joy and her guests will help you learn how to think inside out so you can begin experiencing the God-given birthrights of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Learn micro steps you can take today for macro results. It's time to dissect your everyday way of thinking. Now, here is your host, Joy Ross. Good day, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where in the world you are when you're listening right now. And welcome to Living Inside Out Today. I'm your host, Joy Ross. And as usual, I want to invite you to settle in, relax, and grab a pen and paper if you can. Um, you will want to take some notes for sure on this one. So I want to welcome our first time listeners. If you are listening for the first time, please let us know. Um, And if you've listened before, welcome back. And you know that on this show, we're all about positivity, encouragement, and having real conversations about overcoming hurdles and challenges in life, and most importantly, experiencing transformation from the inside out. In fact, my own transformation journey is the main reason why I'm doing this show. You see, I was that person who was living life with a doing and performance-based mentality, always reaching outside of myself to acquire and attain external achievements getting my education, reaching and surpassing financial targets, working my way up the corporate ladder into leadership position and then starting my own business. You know, just sort of trying to check all those boxes that society often tells us that if we acquire and attain and do all these things that guess what? At the end of that is a rainbow and a pot of gold and happiness and fulfillment. But what I found is, and I'm grateful, I should say, for all the things that I did achieve, but what I found, what I learned, what I got deep revelation on is that everything that we often want to manifest and show up externally in our lives is a direct result of what's happening on the inside of us. And there's no amount of external achievement or external success There's no amount of money or any of those things that can truly bring us internal satisfaction, fulfillment, and joy. You see, the key to external change is internal transformation. It took me many years to learn this, and I'm not even saying that I've arrived. I'm still learning. It's a work in progress, but what I know for sure is that internal inside out transformation is possible for all of us. It's a step-by-step journey that's taken one day at a time. But you can learn more about my personal journey and my personal transformation story in my books. I've got two out right now. If you're a common listener, you've heard me talk about my book, How to Break the Cycles of Temptation, Addiction, and Guilt from the Inside Out, A Pathway to Freedom, Fulfillment, and Purpose, and my newly released book, The Truth About Trust, the secret to thriving in any relationship where I share my journey from experiencing disappointment, heartbreak, and disillusionment in relationships to a deep revelation on trust as spiritual currency. Oh my gosh, that revelation totally transformed how I show up in relationships. So both of those books are available on my website, joyross.com, J-O-I-R-O-S-S.com backslash products. And you'll find free resources there as well. And I'm not sharing information about my books to promote myself by any means, but I'm sharing it because I truly believe that my personal journey, as I lay it out in those books and the lessons that I've learned can help you. So enough about me. On this show, as you guys know, we hear about other people's experiences. We hear from experts in in their respective fields who are devoted to serving other people. And all of the guests on this show have their own personal stories of transformation from the inside out. And here's the thing, if it can happen for me, and if it can happen for them, guess what? It can happen for you too. And no topic is off limits on this show. If it's rooted in love, encouragement, enlightenment, and positivity, we are all about that here. So we're here to talk about how to 
fulfill your dreams, how you can show up as the best version of you. And for those of you who might be listening right now and you're thinking, okay, all of that joy sounds great and sort of pie in the sky, but I'm just struggling today and I just want to know how do I get through this day? Hey, it's all good. We've got something for you too, because sometimes we all just need a little bit of encouragement, just a simple step, a simple baby step that we can take right now to move from where we are to the next step. So I want to hear from you guys as we move forward in the show today. If there's something that's said that encourages you or enlightens you, or if you have an aha moment, let us know. Write to us at Living Inside Out today at gmail.com and if you have any questions you can send them there as well and who knows we might just answer one of your questions on an upcoming show so with that i am so excited to have in the studio with me today janelle green janelle is a relationship expert and a coach who works with couples who want to save their marriage Couples who are struggling with keeping the spark, keeping the connection and intimacy alive in their marriages or relationships through her own experience with divorce and now presently married and living inside of a beautiful 15 year relationship that she has always imagined. Janelle brings words of hope wisdom and compassion. She's committed to transforming what it means to be married. She is living proof that romance, intimacy and connection can blossom and grow long after the honeymoon stage. Janelle not only works with couples, she also works with individuals who are finding themselves feeling discouraged or just feeling stuck or unhappy, confused, who know that they were meant for more, but they don't know how to get themselves out of their rut. And I'll add this, folks. I am so excited to have Janelle with me today. And I actually heard her. This is how we met. I heard her giving another interview on another show. And I was just blown away by the results that she achieves in the work that she does. She actually has a success rate of over 95 to 99% in terms of couples that come to her who are on the verge of ending their relationships and by working with her, they end up staying together. That's a huge success rate. So. We are about to all probably uh, because everybody's either in a relationship right now, right? Or you're wanting to be in a relationship. You'll be in a relationship at some point in your life. So again, grab a pen and paper and take some notes and welcome Janelle Green. Thank you so much, Joy. You know, as I'm listening to you speak, I'm getting teary. I'm like, wow, I just got so present. You know, sometimes when we're in this work, we're just kind of looking for the next thing and to be able to just stop and realize who we are as, Mm -hmm. as humans and the, and the power that we have to transform the world. I'm just so moved by you just recreating who I am for the world. Cause sometimes I forget. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's who, uh, that's the person that I heard. Like I said, when I first uh, heard you speaking and all of the results that you've achieved. It's a beautiful service that you're providing in the world. And I'm so happy to have you with us today because I know this is going to be a treat, probably one of those shows that people want to listen to over and over. Mm. So Janelle, as we settle in and get started here, I like to start each show asking my guests to share um, what is one challenge or obstacle that you've had to overcome um, maybe even this morning just to show up today or that you've had to overcome recently and the reason that I ask that question is because I really believe that in our human experience on earth no matter how much money we have or what our occupation or zip code or nationalities or any of that one thing that we all have in common as humans on this planet is we all have to face challenges and obstacles and we can Mm -hmm. all learn from hearing about how other people overcome theirs so Mm -hmm. yeah tell us about one recent obstacle or challenge and how you overcame it yeah well i was going to actually answer that question with a story about what happened with me and my husband last week 
But mm. actually what just showed up for me was this Saturday, I was, if I'm really honest, really frustrated. I was feeling very emotional. Um, I didn't. I had been talking to quite a few couples this week about where they're at in their marriage. And what I got so present to was the pain and the suffering and the loneliness mm-hmm. that so m- many of us feel inside our relationships, that we feel trapped. We feel like we have no power and there's no hope. And mm-hmm. I have to tell you, I had a really great cry on Saturday. And really, I, when I finished that, and I, ha- you know, I hadn't cried like that, and I'm going to guess about 20 years. I'm, I'm not joking. Wow. Um, because like you, you know, I, I'm always the you know, glass half full person. I'm always optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm always the strong one. And I, Saturday, I was like, my heart is tired. And I gave myself that space and that compassion to just be with the sadness in my heart. And when I got on the other side of it, what I realized was it was all of the emotions of the people that I had been speaking to all week, just kind of mm. in my body. And I felt as I cried those tears that their emotions had been, I'd been holding on to them. And that was my opportunity to let that all go. And so I want to share that for two reasons. Number one is it's okay to have those moments when you just want to cry and you feel like, you know, you, there's this moment where you feel like, no, I don't want to be weak. But man, by on the other side of it, I felt so liberated and at peace because I knew that I cried because I cared. I was sad for these people because I want them to have an extraordinary life, to love themselves, to love each other. And that wasn't present for them. And that's what I cried for. And, you know, it was a moment when I said, man, my job is hard. Like, so there's times when I think to myself, I don't know if I can handle being with this kind of emotion of other people. But then I had to remind myself, this work is not about me. It's not, it's about, it's about the legacy. It is about the impact that I want to leave on this planet so that when I get to the pearly gates of heaven and St. Peter says to me, Janelle, what did you do with your life? I'm not saying, oh, I sold software, which is what I used to do. Yeah. I can say I transformed generations and generations of people with love and compassion. And and yeah, I feel like I really needed to go through that that process. And in the past, mm-hmm. I really, I, I fought it. No, no, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm strong. You know, but yeah. it was just this moment of such vulnerability, but also power. I love that. I love how you painted the picture and the vulnerability the vulnerability in your answer, because you're absolutely right. All of us have those moments, right? Where sometimes we just feel like we want to cry. And I think especially when people are doing like yourself, you know, you're doing good work and you're doing work that transforms people's lives. And that's not an easy thing to do, but that process that you went through, and I'm just going to repeat back what I heard for the benefit of somebody who might be listening, who's also maybe in work every day where you're taking on the burdens of other people and helping people to navigate through their own challenges. Um, that's a calling, you know, on, on a person's life. And I just want to repeat back that the beauty is that you allowed yourself to do that and then on the other side of it, you came to yourself and it's like, wait, this isn't about me. This is about the work that I'm doing and the impact that I'm making. So I love that. Um, I'm going to ask you before we go into our next, com- well, into our first, I should say, commercial break. Um, and you may not be able to answer this fully. And if you can't, we're going to pick it up on the other side of break. But let's get into it. So I want to go into the deep waters. Okay, let's just dive right in. And I want to talk about um, identity. So I read a little bit about your bio and background when I introduced you for listeners. But can you give us a quick um, 
a quick overview and a look into your personal story and your personal transformation journey in terms of where you were before and where you are um, now, like what led to you doing this work in the world? And we'll pick up, you can, we'll start it and then we'll pick it up on the other side of the break. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one thing you want to know about me is I'm Filipino and Mm. I'm a good girl. I have, I'm the eldest of three. I'm the responsible one. I'm the straight A student. And that was who I was before my transformation, trying so hard to prove myself, to prove that I'm worthy. Um, But I think, you know, where things just really started to take its shape was when I was nine years old. Um, Mm -hmm. When I was nine, my dad cheated on my mom with my mom's best friend who lived in our basement and they had a baby and Mm -hmm. he left us. So for four years, my parents were separated. And after four years, my dad got sick. And he came back to my mom and asked for her Mm. forgiveness and asked her to take him back because she didn't want, the other woman didn't want him anymore because he wasn't working. He he actually got diagnosed with uh, double renal failure. And so he was on a transplant list. So he wasn't making money. So she was, he was basically useless to her. So he came back to my mom and begged her to take him back. And she said, absolutely, without a doubt, without a moment's hesitation, under the condition, she says, that we forgive each other and we just move on. And my dad agreed. And for the next 13 years before he passed away, we had the most incredible family. Their relationship was another level. His his role as a father, he started to go to church every day and his faith started to grow. So by the time he passed away, our, our life was, was beautiful. And we got to be with him when he passed. And so after his death, I, I thought that I was complete with that. But as I started to get into different relationships, I realized that nine-year-old was still hurting. And, mm. and that's when my work started. I started to get into you know, self-development work. And what I discovered was that in that moment as a nine-year-old, watching my dad leave into a car that I didn't recognize. I made up that I was unlovable, that Mm. I can't trust people, and that everybody I love will eventually leave me. So with that kind of thinking, my entire, for 30 years, you know, I attracted not great people into my life. And I was okay Mm -hmm. with that because I didn't feel that I was worthy to have a great partner. I attracted the liars, the cheaters, the ones my parents never liked. (laughs) And it wasn't until I did the work that I realized, oh, this is a pattern. Okay, where did that pattern come from? And I could finally take responsibility for the way I was showing up in my my first marriage. Mm. And so I got to complete that marriage without blame, because that's what I was doing. I was blaming him for why I was unhappy and my needs were getting met. And at the end of it, I got to say to him, you know what, I'm so sorry for being a jerk to you. I was judgmental, I was mean. And you know what, you are perfect the way you are. It's just not for me. And we got to complete our marriage with integrity. We went to the law courts together, signed the paper side by side, no lawyers. And then we went out for dinner. And then he wow. dropped he dropped me off at my house and I looked at him and I said thank you and I gave him a kiss on the cheek and that was the end. And it was not going to go that way. I tell you, it was it was nasty for a while until I got responsible. Mm. Wow, what an arc to that story. I mean, there's so much in there, right? And we've talked on previous shows about the impact that our early developmental years, things that happen, which, you know, some call trauma, right, um, that we're exposed to and how that frames our mindsets and our perspectives. But what I heard you saying was that one of the keys for you was when you started shifting from looking externally to looking internally and doing your own inner work. Um, And that really was what started your 
journey from that old life into your new life. Did I hear that right? Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. And so we're going to, that's actually a nice segue because I wanna jump over and let's get into mindset and social conditioning a little bit. Because, you know, we, we talk a lot on this show about the importance of mindset in our thought life and how, you know, the lens through which we see the world impacts everything in terms of how we show up and what we experience. So when it comes to relationships, um, what role does mindset and social conditioning play? How do you see that show up in the couples that you deal with? Oh, my gosh, it is everything. If we have a filter called, he's not good enough, he's lazy, he's an idiot, he doesn't love me, this man has no fighting chance. He can do everything perfect, but if everything hits that filter, nothing will actually, we can't actually see it because we're so focused on, you know, we're focused, what is it? Where energy goes, where focus goes, energy flows, that's it. Yeah, the focus goes, uh-huh. energy flows. So if we're focused on the problem, on the flaws, mm-hmm. that's all we're going to see. Mm. You know? And there is nothing that can come, nothing good that can come from that because that is all fear-based. There's no love in there. And mm. so so many couples ask me, well, how do I make that shift? How can we make this better? Well, it starts with with this. What's going on here? And what's going on here, the thoughts, are all based on our past experiences of life. Mm. That's all it is. And sometimes we honor that thought, that emotion, more than we honor our commitment to love, to partnership, to, to, to our vows. That's so huge because as you're talking and and listeners, we are also videotaping this. So when Janelle was saying what's happening here, she was literally pointing at oh, her head, right? It's like what's happening between the ears, folks, in our minds. Um, this video will be posted up on my website later, by the way. But I think what you're saying is so key because what comes up for me as I listen is so many of us, myself included, um, you know, we grow up and we we see these movies like Pretty Woman, you know, or we hear songs um, about love and what relationships should be and all of those things sort of create this filter that starts to set up. So then we have these images in our head of what a perfect relationship should be like, right? Sometimes people will even have their checklists of, okay, the person I'm going to be with has to check all these boxes. And we've got all these layers of things. So for a person who's listening, who realizes, ooh, or like, ouch, this is kind of me, what would you offer in terms of one simple step one simple thing that they can do to start to break out of that mindset oh this is so good thank you for asking this question i love this question expectation Mm. expectation i this is going to be probably a bit of a tmi but i thought i was pregnant and so i'm on the phone with my best friend and i'm doing the test and it's negative and i said Okay, it's negative. Anyways, and so I move on. She goes, wow, not a moment to just like, I said, no, because I came into this with no expectation. I feel like Mm. when we set up expectations, especially when we don't even communicate that, we set ourselves up for disappointment every time. When we expect that our partner should be romantic and our partner should say these things, but we don't actually ask for that or communicate that that's what we want and need, there is always this frustration and then we make it mean something else that, oh, our partner doesn't love us or our partner doesn't care. Mm-hmm. When really, that is our responsibility to, first of all, create those expect We created that expectation on our own. And then secondly, mm-hmm. we didn't even communicate that that was an expectation. So I would say expectation is a big one, not only on other people, but on ourselves. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. I'm, I'm sort of laughing over here because that word responsibility, right? Like, so that word has come up a couple times. Take responsibility. Responsibility is one of those words that 
often we we yeah we we're, we're kind of not wanting to take responsibility yeah. a lot of times we're we're wanting to put the responsibility on the other person but like you said our the expectation that we're putting on them oftentimes is not even realistic to begin with you know so it's it's this very interesting topic to me so we've got about a little over a minute before we take our break here. Um, is there anything else quickly that you would want to add to that in terms of how we stop ourselves from that loop of yeah. not taking responsibility and putting unrealistic expectations on our partners? Yes. Well, I want to create a context around responsibility because you're right. The word is like, People associate responsibility with blame. And that's mm. not what I'm talking about. Responsibility. Look at if you think about the word responsibility, it is the ability to respond. Mm. When we're disempowered, when we're in victim mode, we can't respond because we think the problem is out there, out there in the world, not over here with us. But when we can be responsible and saying, yeah, you know what? I own that without blame. Mm then you can actually respond, you can take action, you can create something new. But inside of a disempowering context called it's not my fault, nothing can nothing can happen there. I love that. I love how you reframe that. Okay, people, let's take that away. I'm taking notes over here. Reframe responsibility to ability to respond. That's empowering. It's like, okay, I've got power in this situation to respond. So we're going to put a pin here and we're going to take a little break. Don't go anywhere because we are just starting to get into the meat of it all. Um, Stay where you are and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today, Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. So welcome back from break, everybody. I am here in the studio with Janelle Green. And you know, before break, we were just starting to get into some juicy conversation of reframing the word responsibility and seeing it as not something to run away from, but something to run into because it's actually empowering. When we take responsibility, we're actually taking, using the power that we have to respond to situations. So Janelle, on that point, let's just transition right into communication, right? That's like the big thing. When you look at a lot of studies these days on the top reasons why marriages fail, um, why relationships fail in general, communication is always somewhere near the top, right? I find that fascinating because clearly adults know how to talk. Clearly, we have ears unless we're physically not able to hear. So obviously, there's something else to this communication thing than what most of us have been taught in school. So how do you see communication showing up in terms of what do you see as the root of people not being able to communicate in such a way that it literally leads to 
marriages failing, relationships failing. And let me flip that, actually. Maybe let's start with this. What is healthy communication? What does that actually look like? Let's get a picture of the ideal first, right? Maybe that's yeah. a good place to start. Yeah. Oh, I love this card. It's so good. Um, <laughs> the first thing I want to say is we have been taught by our parents, by our education system, by the media. We communicate to respond. We don't communicate mm. to connect. And so when we, when we speak to respond, what's inside of that is judgment, reaction, comparison, defensiveness. Mm. So we can't actually hear what's going on on the other side with the other person because we're too busy having a conversation with ourselves. Do I agree with that? Don't I agree with that? How am I going to respond? Where do I disagree? Rather than actually mm. being with the other person and being, okay, my focus is not on me and my thoughts. My focus is on understanding what my partner's trying to say to me. Because mm. we're too busy on the defense. And so mm. it becomes, it becomes a, a domination game and a control game, which is ne- it never ends well. I think from a, from a very high-level standpoint, I think that's what the issue is. Mm-hmm. I love how you frame that. So communicate to connect. So if that's our focus, okay, I want to connect with this person, that's going to conjure up a whole set of different feelings, right? It's probably going to conjure up a whole different set of words that we use, um, how we our nonverbals are going to be different. Um, That's huge. So how do we for a person who's listening, because, you know, I'm all about get let's give people some actual steps so they yeah. can like walk away and say, OK, I want to start doing that. So yeah. if I'm a person listening and I know up until now, it's like, oh, if I'm really honest. Yeah. Usually when I'm talking to people, especially if it's heated, I'm formulating my response and I'm like getting ticked off and like my feelings are bubbling up and I'm just reacting. How do we go from that? to, okay, let me connect. Like, how do you even, how do you flip that switch internally? Yes. Well, before we get there, one thing I really, I think is important to mention is I want the listeners to know that it's not your fault. It's not our fault Mm. that we don't know how to communicate. It's not your partner's Mm. fault that they don't know how to communicate. We were never taught that. And so I just want to, I just want to put that in first. Okay. Because it's, it's not. It's not something that we were we came out of the womb knowing. We we modeled first of all what we saw with our parents. Mm-hmm. And if our parents didn't know how to communicate or if our parents split up or if they stonewalled each other or they yelled at each other, that is what we as children model or what we think marriage looks like. And so mm-hmm. even though we know that it's not great, it's not nice to to yell or call names, we just we just mimic what we've seen as children. And so the goal is to, first of all, become aware that we do that. Second of all, be responsible for that. And then really get, and this is, I think, what you guys want to hear. You want to get the impact of that. Because sure, you can go into a conversation, you can win the conversation, Mm -hmm. but are you actually winning if you've left your partner feeling unheard, disrespected, right? What, what, what did you actually win? You got to be right, congratulations, and now your relationship is, is, is starting to rot. And it's, it's, mm. it's very hard to come back from that because especially us women, you know, trust is a big issue. And when we don't feel heard, mm-hmm. we feel disrespected and we stop, to tr- we stop trusting. And that's where the intimacy starts to erode. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good, Janelle. So let's talk about that. I, I I am highly curious and would love for you to share with the listeners, like what is, how does intimacy differ from communication? Like how do we, because sometimes, and I've heard so many people say they're in relationships where they are talking, but based on what you just said, sometimes we're talking, but we're not really communicating because we're not connecting, 
right? Yeah. So people are in these relationships and there's conversation, but there's no intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do we bring intimacy into the relationship? Yeah. I think the best way for me to answer this question is to tell you a story about me and my husband and how we mm. how we do this. Mm. So when I first met my husband, and this is sort of a point too I want to offer to your listeners is you want to have these conversations with your partner about how to deal with difficult situations before the situation happens. Mm. So I often say to my husband, honey, when I come to you and, and I'm and I'm upset, I just need you to listen to me. I don't need you to talk. I just need you to be with me. I need you to hold my hand. And when I'm done being upset, I need you to give me a hug, tell me you love me, and get me some ice cream. <laughs> so, he, so he knows. He knows what I need from him. He doesn't have mm-hmm. to guess. He doesn't have to try to get it right. And he doesn't have to fix me. He doesn't have to solve mm-hmm. a problem over here. He can just be that best friend that sits with me and puts his arm around me. He's like, I get it. I feel your pain. I mm-hmm. see you. And I love you even when you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what's intimacy. To be able to feel like you can open your heart without having any fear of rejection or backlash. Mm-hmm. And to feel, to, to feel seen and to know that this person will love me even if I don't love myself. Mm. And on the other side of it, when I do get my ice cream, you know, and I've come down from my emotional flooding and I look over at him, I just say, you know, baby, thank you so much. I really needed that. And he really didn't need to do anything other than yeah. be with me and get me ice cream. <laughs> and I yeah. think that we... That sounds... Mm. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and I think that what a lot of couples do is we try to fix, we try to, and then we interrupt. We interrupt the emotional thing that they're going through thinking that we're, we're helping and we're actually not we're actually making it worse and then we tell them oh you shouldn't feel this way don't feel bad oh you're overreacting oh you're being too sensitive that's more invalidation which actually again makes the person feel worse and so it's this power struggle and then at the end of it usually that person says you know what never mind mm-hmm. and they give up and then they mm-hmm. close their heart off and then they have this thought that probably says sounds something like, no one understands me and I'm all alone. Mm. Mm. That's so, that example, I love it because it's on the one hand so simple and yet the message in that is so profound. The irony to me is that I think for a lot of people, when you're in a relationship, you have love for the person and so when you love a person you're not really wanting to intentionally hurt them right it's like nobody's thinking most people aren't thinking that oh i want to hurt you um and like you said it's like sometimes we're doing things that we think are helpful like oh let me help you process this but what i am hearing in this is really it's about not making everything about you Right. It's like if if somebody's talking, if I'm in a relationship and my spouse is talking to me and like in the example that you gave, if they're having a bad day or whatever, that has nothing to do with me. And I don't need to make it about me. And nobody's asking me to fix it or to give my two cents on it. And so maybe what we do is we ask permission This is a question because I'm, again, trying to draw out like little nuggets that people can actually use. So I'm taking away in those situations when you find yourself about to go in and say, oh, yeah, let me let you let me fix it. Or, oh, you shouldn't feel bad. Don't do that. Like stop yourself and instead ask the other person, what how can I help you in this moment? What is it that you need for me? And let them tell you. Yeah, yeah. And not to say that you don't necessarily want to give advice, especially if they're asking for it. But I think what we need first before that part happens is we just need Mm -hmm. to get, we just need to feel gotten. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we just need mm-hmm. to feel that that person gets us in some form. Yeah. And sometimes we, you know, it's and it's okay to say, you know what? I wish I could say that I understand, and I don't. Mm-hmm. But what I can be here for you is to support you, however you need. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to have it all figured do, out. Mm-hmm. Right, and what I can do is go and get that ice cream, right? <laughs> and give you that hug. I can't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So let me um, let me move us into roles because f- to me there's a connection between like that conversation that we have in our own heads when we're in conversation with other people, right? So let's take your example again. Person's having a bad day, and then the other person starts to project his or her own internal stuff on and like, oh, let me be fixer or let me be problem solver. Oh, I guess I need to. It's like nobody's even asking you to do those things. That's a conversation you're having in your own head. And sometimes that's connected to our preconceived notions of the roles, right? So I want to talk about roles. Um, And what I mean by that is now it seems more than ever, society is really intently bent on trying to minimalize or paint a picture that neutralizes the differences between men and women. And so sometimes in a relationship, we're confused about our roles. And so the real problem is connected. Again, it's back to what's happening internally. So like if you're a woman, you might be acting out and having a fit or in your feelings and it has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with you're confused and in some sort of turmoil because it's like, wait, should I, what's my role here? You know, it's like we're, we, we have the masculine energy, the feminine energy and society's telling us so many things about who we should be. So how do you see that show Mm. up and how do you work couples through that? issue of role identity in a relationship yeah I mean that's a really great question um I think it's whatever it is that works for the two of you I don't think there is a clear cut this is how a woman should be this is how men should be I think it's whatever works where you guys can be you know the yin and yang you know my Mm -hmm. husband and I are such polar opposites and in the beginning I remember thinking to myself how is this going to work? You know, I'm very, you know, high, high energy. I'm, you know, I'm a performer. I'm a people mm-hmm. person. And my husband is very shy. He's an introvert, you know, loves just sitting on the couch and being at home. And I saw myself making that wrong a little bit. But really what I got as time went on is that my weaknesses are his strengths. Mm-hmm. And my strengths are his weaknesses. And when we can love that and appreciate that about each other and find a way to allow each other to take leadership in areas that we're, we're strong at, we can be this unbelievable team that is unshakable because mm. we both feel like leaders and we can both empower each other and we can show up as the best version of ourselves and still feel like we're supported when we don't show up as the best version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that for me, when I work with clients, really what I'm listening for is what are the roles or the identity that we take on that keeps mm-hmm. us small? Where we have what a- What do you mean sh- by that? The shoulds, the shoulds that we mm-hmm. put on ourselves, the shoulds that we put on our our partner. I should be this way. I should be smarter. I should be more prettier. I should be taller. I should be better mom, better wife, whatever those shoulds are. But those shoulds are what causes us to feel the guilt and the shame and the not enoughness. But what Mm. if we had no shoulds? What if we just came from a place of commitment? I am committed to being the best wife. I'm committed to being the best coach. But there's no shit in there. There's no obligation. It is, and that's where freedom and choice reside. Mm. I love that. What if there were no shoulds? What if every time 
we start to shut ourselves, right, in, in our own thoughts that we just stopped that. What if in our conversations, in relationships, when we are tempted to say, you should have done this or you should have, what if we just stop with the shoulding, right? Because to me, what I'm hearing, Janelle, is this goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning, your points about, um, I called it social conditioning, right? Or like our the mindsets that, as you pointed out, a lot of times, those things are stemming from sources outside of ourselves. These aren't mm-hmm. even our thoughts. Mm-hmm. This is what other people have led us to believe or the, the environment that we grew up in or society at large puts these things in our head and we carry those things and we make them our own. So I'm hearing, tell me if I'm hearing this wrong, that even on this topic of roles and how we show up and who plays what role in the relationship, that really is about having a conversation with the person that you're with and the two of you create what you need that to be, what you want that to be and what you're comfortable with. And it doesn't have to look like anybody else's relationship because it's not their relationship, it's yours. It's about your fulfilling the two of you and finding out how to do that. Am I hearing you right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, to add to that, you know, talking about divorce for a moment, you know, Mm -hmm. I I shared earlier that I was Filipino and because, you know, I love my culture and there is, you know, divorce is a, is a taboo, you know, in our, Mm -hmm. in our, well, I'm Catholic. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, my shoulds were, you know, I should stay with this man, even though I'm unhappy, I should honor my vows. All these shoulds that you're right, weren't mine. And mm-hmm. I really had to go inwards and decide and choose for myself. Well, who says? And what is the mm-hmm. impact of this holding on to the should? And I feel like so many relationships are based on shoulds. And so mm-hmm. that's why people are so unhappy. It's like, oh, I should stay in this marriage because of the kids. I should. But really, like, who, what good is coming out of it? If there is none, then maybe we need to reexamine that. But I think it's these these chains, these these restraints that we put on ourselves that stem mm-hmm. from, like you said, our parents or society. But really, mm-hmm. that is it is our life and we get to choose. So, you know, that's where I work with my clients is I just listen for where are do they feel that chains? And then mm-hmm. I, I ask them to look to see, well, what if there were no chains? What if you could let go of that? What would actually be available? And if what's available is freedom and joy and love and compassion, yeah. then why wouldn't you want to let go of that? I absolutely love that, uh, the freedom of it all. So I want to make sure that I get this in. Um, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but I definitely want to get this in. So I was so excited about you coming on. And I was sort of asking people that I know who are in relationships to give me some of their questions because I wanted to, you know, <laughs> lob one at you and have you answer it on air. So I'm this is a question that's that a listener asked me. How do you know when you're in a relationship? How do you know when you should seek help or talk with someone professionally versus keeping it private between the couple because a lot of times people feel like oh we like we shouldn't talk about our problems let's keep it between ourselves so how do you know when it's time to maybe seek external help let me let me just stop there right i think the best time to seek help is when you know you can't do it you've done your best you feel like you're spinning your wheels you're not getting anywhere the more you try, the worse it gets. Mm. And again, it's not your fault. We were not we were not built to be able to handle these on our own. And so having a third person to just, I don't like to use the word mediate, but really listen mm-hmm. for, listen for what's actually the commitment. Because what people find when they spent their, on their very first call with me, they find, mm-hmm. they discover that they're actually on the same page. They actually want the same thing. They just haven't been able to listen that way to each other because they're too busy trying to uh, win an argument about who's right and who's wrong. 
But when I come in here and just like you've been doing with me, when I recreate, when I give them back what they're saying to me, they discover, oh, we're actually not as far apart as we thought we were. We just Mm -hmm. haven't been able to listen for that. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I think that we all need help. And it's not, it doesn't mean that we're broken. It doesn't mean that we're weak. It actually means that we are so committed that we will do whatever it takes to fight for what we want for our lives and for our families. And I want to say that, you know, the one thing I bring up with my families or with my couples is that it's not just about you. This is not about you guys getting along. This is about your children. And Mm. what are they watching and seeing and feeling energetically from me, the two of you? You may not be arguing, but they can feel that there is no love Mm. here. And they're going to mimic all of that into their future relationships. I had one woman call me once and she said, I'm calling you because my 13-year-old says she never wants to get married. Because wow. of the because of the arguing that her and her husband have been having. How sad is that? 13 years wow. old. Wow. That's huge. That's 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 really deep and and a little heavy too. It's like I'm I'm breathing over <laughs> here because it's so true and and often people find themselves in that situation and I so I um I know people are like, "Oh, Joy, you say this every show." But Janelle, I'm going to have to add you to my list of guests to invite back because there's so much that we didn't even have time to get into. Um, And we've just got like a minute or so left. So I'm just going to ask you like real quick, 10 second response for somebody who's listening and they're in a relationship and they're feeling stuck and the things that we discussed and they're like, okay, what's one step I can take today? What's one thing? Yeah. The one thing you can do is look, look inside. Great. And and ask yourself, you know, one of the things people ask me is, how can I forgive my partner? My, my question Great. is, what is it that you need to forgive in yourself? Because you cannot give to another what you do not have for yourself. If you do not have self-love, love it. you cannot give love away. I love it. Love that answer. And that's, you guys, take that one away. Because again, everything starts inside out. So thank you so much, Janelle, for being with us today. Thank you guys for listening and hanging with us. Let me know if something spoke to you. Write to us at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com. And I'll leave you with this final tip, TIP. And you guys know that's our acronym for transformation is possible. And it begins to make a choice to live inside out today. Until next week. Thank you all for listening and love and peace. Thanks for listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. We hope today's episode has been insightful and helped open the doors in your life to the joy, fulfillment, and freedom you have been seeking. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.